Welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Nick. Nick got in touch with me via email and asked if he could be on the show, and of course, I said yes. Um, and he is a delightful person to talk to. We sit down and have a long chat about the Dark Souls games, about Bloodborne, about Demon Souls, and about everything in between. I think you guys will enjoy it. If you, like Nick, want to be on the show, send me an email to ggspodcast at gmail.com or go to don'tgiveupskeleton.com and find out how to get in touch with me. Thanks and enjoy the episode. Well, why don't you tell me about the first time that you played a Souls game? Um, the first time I played it was... Uh, about a year, year and a half ago, just before Christmas 2015. Uh, so fairly recent, I guess. It was a. I'd heard about the games way back when they came out. I read articles on the internet about like there's this new game that's really hard, and if you die, you lose all your stuff, and and it seemed kind of intimidating. So I didn't check it out at first, uh, but it always seemed something I was interested in, like in the back of my head. And then remember one day, one of my best friends was who was not really into video games much at all mentioned he started playing this weird game called something something souls or other and i was like oh, you're playing that game <laughs> and all of a sudden it was like well you know if, you know if you can do it and if you're having fun then maybe i need to bite the bullet and stop being such a pretty cat and actually try it out um and so he kind of you know shamed me into it like you know why are you so afraid um that's what eventually kind of kicked me in the butt to actually try it finally um, and then I didn't jump in head first. I did like prep work, I guess. Cause I was still like, you know, if I'm going to do this and you know, I want to know what I'm doing when I start. So I, <laughs> you prepared for it like a job interview <laughs> is what I'm hearing. Kind of, yeah. Well, I was, I was actually doing a lot of job interviews at the time. So it was kind of like, this is just the way I do things now. <laughs> so like I found like, you know, I, I looked up the articles, like, you know, what, it, what are the game systems? I remember. Reading the Wikipedia page on Estus without knowing what it was was really confusing. Like, what the hell is this thing with flashes? Do you use them up? It's like, you know, you play the game and it's instant. But I tried try to read it ahead of time. And I was like, what is this? I, I've never looked up the um, Wikipedia page on Estus before. Like, it just has never come up to me. So I'm just, I'm very curious what it says now. <laughs> so I'm going to go it's look like, that up. Like, flask, you know, use the flask and fill the flask. And like, what is it, like a healing potion? Or do you get use them up? It's like, I didn't, it was just... It didn't. It was so basic. It didn't have to explain the basics. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> Did um, um, it was this Dark Souls one or which which game? Yeah, Dark Souls one. Okay. Yeah, and then I remember like I, I looked up like a video. Like here is a couple things to do to help you not suck when you start. So you know, I kind of I had my hand held a little bit at the start, um, but still, even with the handhold, I never just. Uh, creeping through the undead asylum. Uh, and like, I saw my first bad guy, I had my shield up and I walked to him, like I take a step and I pause, like he's going to hit me, take a step, pause, take a step, pause. It took like 20 minutes. Like it, and then we get to guy with arrows and like, Oh, how do I dodge an arrow? I hit the button for the shield, but it's too late. Like it, I died so many times with like the first three bad guys. Um, 
<laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to interrupt you on your on your journey, but I did look up the Estes Wikipedia page, and like I'm reading this, and I've played hundreds of hours of Dark Souls, and this still doesn't it barely makes sense to me. Like <laughs> the the first sentence is resting at a bonfire will recover the number of times you can drink from the flask up to the limit of that particular fire, which makes sense. But is I mean, like if you actually wanted to look up what Estes is, would that make no sense whatsoever to somebody? <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm surprised you kept playing the game at this point. Like what? What what what? <laughs> didn't fill me with confidence going in. <laughs> I'm sure not. The bonfires with a firekeeper present present is kindled by default, providing ten flasks. Like what the hell is a firekeeper? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Reading Wikipedia pages for dumb shit is like kind of my jam right now. So like when you said that, and it wow, that's that's really good. Like it makes sense, but it doesn't actually make any kind of. That'd be tough for for somebody who's not familiar with the game. It's, it's- it's lacking the basic context of like what are all of these things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I, I, I interrupted you. you. You died multiple times on like the first three enemies, which like, hey, I've been there. I, I know, which, I know that yeah. feel as the youngest. <laughs> say. Yeah, I'm just like, yeah. Like the first guy with the shield was just like, I'm trying to hit you. Like, why won't <laughs> I couldn't time it? So I hit him when the shield was down, but then he hit me with my shield, which is kind of it took a long time to figure out how to do anything. <laughs> Um, even with all the, even with all the, uh, prep work I did. Yeah. The reading the Wikipedia page, which <laughs> may have done you more harm than good. As we have, we have learned in this podcast. Yeah, was your, was I your friend helping you out at all? Like, was he giving you hints or anything? Or were you uh, kind of just trying to go in, not blind, so but figured, uh, figured out because I was thinking I was going to play with him. Oh, there's this co-op thing. And he, I, this would be so much fun, but he ended up playing, he was playing demon souls and we didn't, <laughs> we didn't uh, even communicate that. that uh, effectively enough to know which game each other was playing. <laughs> gotcha. Then <laughs> um, he ended up stopping halfway through, but you know, I went in determined. I was like, there was no bouncing off. It's like, you know, I've, you know, I pushed us off, but now I have to do it, so I'm just going to do it. And so, you know, I did all the study, I guess, ahead of time I had to do. And then once I started, I mean, I played all of them straight through. <laughs> wow. So. So run me through the order. You went from one to two to three, and then did you go back to demons and then Bloodborne, or like how, what, I, what was your progression? I bought one and two at the same time, so I I went through one, and then I immediately went into two. Like I did the new game plus far enough to get back to a Firelink Shrine a second time, and then I was like, I've got two sitting here, so I'm going to jump into two. Um, and it was the Scholar Edition on PS3, so okay. it had like all the in it, but it didn't have like the different enemy placements. So it was a kind of halvesies. <laughs> Yeah, when they patched uh, when they patched the all the scholar stuff back in, so the scholar edition came with all of the DLC like on the disc, and then um then they like they didn't, but you didn't get any of the new item placements or anything. I think they just like yeah yeah you just like started up and you had like three random keys in your inventory. <laughs> so, yeah, it, yeah, it's it really weird. confusing when I was when I got stuck somewhere and looked for help, but it was like I am I playing scholar? Yes, it says scholar on the first screen. Things should be here. It's not there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really confusing for a while. Yeah, those poor yeah, guys I, over at Bonfireside Chat, like, they did a whole season, and, like, I've even to this day, I see people like, oh, I'm listening to the episode, and I'm trying to play through along with, but it looks way different, and we're like, yeah, that's not the right game. <laughs> you gotta go back. <clears throat> yeah, so I did those two back-to-back, and at that time, I didn't have a PlayStation 4, um, and so it looked, it looked like it might be just those two for a while. Um, and actually what happened was, I didn't even really know much about Bloodborne to start with. Or just, oh, there's this other game. Honestly, I got that, and what was the other one? Like, The Order? 
mixed up in my head. Like, oh, that was the, the Victorian PlayStation game. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't know anything. I thought I thought they were kind of the same thing. So, but then people kept referencing that, and I was like, oh, this is a you know Dark Souls game. Maybe I should check this out. But I didn't have PlayStation Four, and it didn't look like I was gonna be able to get one. So I figured, well, since it might be used for a play, I'll just look at stuff online. Like, I'll go to playthrough. Look at dollars. You know, who cares about uh, uh, spoilers? <laughs> Uh, which are a big deal in that game. Um, but I will say that uh, probably the reason I sprung and got a PS4 was when I was looking at the videos and uh, there was that scene where they go from the astral clock tower to the uh, fishing hamlet and you go through the clock and it was just like, my jaw dropped. I was like, I have to buy this thing now. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, thought it so I, I knew like the look that thing was, was going to come, but I probably wouldn't have gotten the PS4 if I didn't know about the Alofka thing ahead of time. Because <laughs> that was the thing that made me like, really, I have to get it now. <laughs> so, it wasn't a surprise, but it was like the thing that made it happen. So it was alright. And that was right around the time that Dark Souls 3 was about to come out. So I was like, you know, kind of want to get that too. So like, it was double motivation. Um, sure. So I did Dark Souls 1, then 2, then Bloodborne, then 3. Okay. And then... <laughs> Have you gone? You haven't gone back to demons yet, <clears throat> or you have? I, I picked it up when it was on sale on the PSN, and I got part of the way, part of the way through it. Uh, I'm in Latria right now, actually. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Latria is probably my favorite level out of favorite world in that game. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's funny. People always say people always say Latria is this amazing thing, but because they're always talking to people who have also played it, so they never have to like describe what Lottery is to each other, because they just Because <laughs> they just know, yeah. So they've just, I just, I've heard Lottery talked up so much, but they never describe it, so I, I just kind of, I guess, filled in the blanks in my head. And I, I thought it was going to be this kind of, almost, like, Vatican-like place, like, dignified and splendid. People kept mentioning people singing and bells, and I was thinking, like, a church. <laughs> yeah, sure, of course. <laughs> and then I get there, and I'm in a fucking dungeon pit, and I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> I um just just because we this is going to be I think the running theme of this podcast I went ahead and looked up Latria on the Demon Souls wiki <laughs> and uh, the first line is Latria is a creepy atmospheric world with a unique flavor flavor and without care several of the enemies here will make you the tasty flavor on their menu <laughs> like what are you doing Demon Souls wiki <laughs> you're not <laughs> that is. That is without a question the, the just the dumbest description I would make of the world of Latria. Oof, that's that's just weird. So yeah, that's I, I don't. It's interesting to, to to hear like like you've heard people talk about it, but like they have never described it. So you just assumed it was going to be like super like you know amazing. Like oh, there's people singing and there's bells and things and yeah, no, it's not that at all. Like there's <laughs> I don't know how far you got, but like a giant chained up bleeding heart in a tower is is definitely not like. <laughs> <laughs> like not the castle you want to be at. Let's 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 run back to to Dark Souls one real quick. Um, what what kind of like what kind of games were you playing to lead into Dark Souls one? Like, were you were you would you consider yourself like a quote unquote hardcore gamer? As much as I hate that term, like, were you playing a lot of stuff at the time, or were you just like kind of playing um, things as you found them? Um, yeah, I also would never say I was hardcore. I mean, I played a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Um. I wasn't necessarily good at them. I didn't, I mostly, like, I definitely was terrified of any kind of online stuff. Because, like, I'm not good at this, so I'm just going to play the computer because I can beat the computer. Um, immediately beforehand, I'd done some replays of things. I'd replayed the entire Bioshock series before that and Dead Space before that. 
uh, I played, I had sunk a couple hundred hours into Skyrim before my PlayStation's hard drive crashed, and that just went to nowhere. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) That's not good. That happened, yeah, that that was, I didn't have PSN, so it wasn't backed up anywhere. Uh, So that went away, like, my entire character in all three Mass Effects died that day. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, I, I was, you know, I was literally bereft. It was like... <laughs> well, yeah. I, like, like anytime I you lose a save, time. like, yeah, anytime you lose a save like that is so... It can, it's just so gutting, like, to use something, an expression that my uh, podcast bros use over in England. Yeah. Like, you just feel gutted. Like, I, I couldn't... If I, I lost a thousand-hour save in, in Skyrim, I would never be able to touch Skyrim again. <laughs> like, I just would never be able to play it. Like, I'd be like, I'm done. That was it. Yeah, it's not even counting the times I had to reload because it crashed, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That's, <laughs> did you, uh, uh, like, as you started playing Dark Souls 1 for the first time, like, did you... Did the game's um, reputation for difficulty hold up? Like, did you have a hard time with it? Did you struggle with the controls? Or did you kind of come naturally um, to the game? It was a learning curve. I mean, I remember, I remember I've heard before, but just how long it felt like the undead berg took to get mm-hmm. through. Like, I would get to, like, an enemy cluster and, like, stop and stare at it and think, you know, build myself up, here we go, here we go. And then go through it and then look at the next one. It's just, like, step by step by step, like, you know. Now, like you can just run through it, like because you know, you've been through it so many times. But the first time, it was like, like these hundred little mini, like every single encounter is like its own little mini stage. <laughs> uh, so that took forever, just because I was so cautious. Um, but I, you know, I got the hang of it eventually. There was definitely some times where it was skin in my teeth. You know, it was like I kind of know how to parry, so I'm going to try to fight this knight, and we'll soon see how that goes. And, uh, if I don't parry this time, I'm dead, so it's like, do or die, buddy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, and so it was, it wasn't, like, yeah, I mean, I got the hang of it fast enough, um, where it wasn't like I was throwing the controller thinking, how does, you know, this thing doesn't work, like, you know, I hit the, you know, because so, some games, like, I'm hitting the button, nothing happens, and, like, I'm wanting to yell at the controller, like, I hit the button and the thing doesn't happen. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, I feel like the, it was, it was hard, don't get me wrong, it was, I died so many times did I die. Uh, <laughs> were you, uh, like, immediately sucked in? Did you, like, when the game started, were you just, like, immediately, like, brought into that world and, like, okay, I have to play this no matter what the difficulty is? Or did it take you kind of a while to get into the, the flow of the game? Um... I think I just jumped in because I was, you know, kind of, it was something I'd been wanting to do. I just was kind of too scared to do it. So once I took that dive, I was like, <clears throat> I'm, you know, full go into this. Uh, you know, it was, it was all, it was pretty awesome. And next it was, it's one of the things that really got me into it was, uh, you know, while I was playing it, I was, this is around the time I was discovering what like podcasts are <laughs> as a mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like I found like Night Vale first and I was like, oh, this is neat format what are other podcasts and it was so hard to find a sport of podcasts like list of podcasts that are good but randomly a list i, I like someone recommended watch out for fireballs was this a thing so like i looked it up like oh it's, a, it's about video games that's awesome so listen to that so um you know then i got into their whole uh kingdom of work <laughs> <laughs> there are eighty seven thousand podcasts okay. yes it's it's incredible uh I, mean, I, I can't i can't laugh at them now because i'm a part of the network like i'm hosting one of their shows so i can't i, can't, I literally can't <laughs> laugh at them like i'm part of the problem i'm sorry <laughs> ever expanding uh 
But yeah, so, you know, it's another show, and then they kept referencing, around the time I was thinking, I want to get into Dark Souls, I think. They kept referencing the game as awesome, and I kept wondering, well, why don't you have an episode about it then? <laughs> if it's so good. Then, oh, because there's a whole other show about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> they spend two and a half hours every week talking about it. That's yeah, <laughs> but it, it took a while to find. <laughs> but then like, I, started listening to, I was listening to them as I played through it, and like hearing them talk about it as they played through it was like, kind of what really got the hooks like permanently in me i guess mm-hmm. like I, I remember it was like they're talking about what was it channelers is having like a reason for being places yeah and not other places and i was like no what that's not a thing that happens then it, no <laughs> and then it i always like hearing people's uh like aha moment with the dark souls because um like for me, it was uh, hearing. I think it was Epic Game Bro talk about like why Tark, why you find Tarkus's armor where you find it, and like extrapolating all of this backstory for this like one dude you can summon who has no voice lines. And I was like, holy shit! Like, there's some thought. People can the people thought about this. Like, there's some serious thought. It's not just a we're just gonna put a bunch of enemies there. So yeah, like the channelers are definitely one of those like high points of Dark Souls Dark Souls enemy placement. I love it so much the way that it works out. And I wouldn't even have noticed. Like I was going through there, I saw oh, it's just big wizard up up on the balcony shooting at me. All right, but then I listened to them. I was like, oh, they're you know they're they mean this and they work for that guy. And like there's a story reason for them being there. It's like that makes that does make sense. I see that. And that's just awesome. <laughs> so when there was this whole like how deep the story was and how thought out and how it fit together so tightly, which is then that was when I was like, this is this is what they were, were saying it was. You know, <laughs> it's living up to the hype. Absolutely. Did you, uh, you, you mentioned that you went through New Game Plus, so you did finish it, you, you did finish the entire game. Like, did you, like, is, if you were listening along with Bonfire Side Chat, like, were you kind of getting all those, the lore from it as you were playing? Like, did you literally play along and listen, like, along with, basically? Like, so you got the whole story, or what, what were you doing? Yeah, I started that way, and then I just got ahead of it. Like, I was trying to, like, do a stasis in the stage, but then I kind of couldn't. <laughs> take that break to always listen to things as going through it. So eventually I was just kind of way ahead of them. Um, which was, which is good. So I, sometimes it was like, a, it usually knew what was going on. Cause also one of the things like when I first started was, you know, I would look up, you know, YouTube is, is where you go to learn how to do anything. Um, and so I was like, Oh, this place is hard. Maybe someone, maybe I can watch someone beat this boss to get somebody how to do it. And then I just I discovered like looking for like tips on one of the bosses. Oh, there are these story videos. What the what are these things? Um, <laughs> so I just clicked on one of those randomly. It was actually it was the what was it the pinwheel video that Vadi did it was the first one. I was like, and then I was like, wait, this is a thing that happens too. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I I knew like you know spoilers are a thing, but I was like I couldn't help myself. I was like these stories are so neat. I I just had to like. I just clicked through all the story videos because, like, I had to hear the stories. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of, you know, I kind of knew ahead of time just through that what kind of the broad arcs were going to be. Um, but yeah, but that was just more of like, you know, I had to keep on because I have to get to, I have to see this thing, I have to see that thing, I have to, like, there are things I have to, I want to get to see now, like, firsthand. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know. When you um like when you start when you get real into a video game and you look up something and you realize like there's like a piece of dialogue that you haven't seen a character say 
and for some reason it's not good enough just to watch it on YouTube, you're like, no, 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 I have to do a whole playthrough so I can make sure that this person <laughs> says this thing for me. Like, th- that's the kind of like weird addiction that Dark Souls had for me for a long, long time. Like, oh, I've never seen Rhea be a merchant before, so this whole playthrough is dedicated to saving Rhea and making sure that she winds up in the, you know, undead parish or, or the undead church, like, to sell me stuff. <laughs> yeah, and. I still messed it up. <laughs> like, I was like, I had these goals. I'm like, nope, that's still, wait, wait, she's dead now. All right, shoot, man. Oh, boy, that, went, that went awry. <laughs> um, so yeah, what was it like going from one to two? Um, because obviously you had them, you bought them at the same time. And I don't know, like at this point, were you kind of plugged into the community? Like, were you, were you watching, like, uh, you mentioned, like, watching some videos, but, like, were you kind of, like, talking to people on the internet about Dark Souls? So did you get, like, the feedback that Dark Souls 2 was terrible and horrible and nobody should ever play it? Or did you just kind of go into it, like, um, oh, this is the sequel to that game that I love? Yeah, I'd heard, you know, I'd heard some things people were less happy with it, but honestly, it's kind of the nature of sequels is that, you know, people, like, if you compare it one thing to the thing before, it is almost impossible to have, like, oh, this is better than the thing we loved. Uh, that almost never happens. So... You know, it's kind of like people were saying that, but I kind of was like, that's what people are going to say. So it wasn't so off-putting. Um, I remember going in, I thought I was kind of, I thought I was hot shit because I just, oh, I beat game one. I am you know I know how to do Dark Souls now. <laughs> um, and so I, I load up, you know, Dark Souls 2 goes right in there and you go through the introduction, you end up in the, with things betwixt in that little pagoda or whatever. And I think, you know, oh, it's kind of this raised platform. I wonder if there's maybe like something hidden off the side. So I go looking off of the platform and I go too far, I just fall off the edge. And I die. <laughs> <laughs> and like it has that first trophy. This is Dark Souls. This is, yeah, welcome death. welcome to Dark Souls. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just walked off the edge of the first area. <laughs> and I was like, I'm hot I I, I am hot stuff. <laughs> I've always pictured there being, like, in my mind, there's, like, some, like, um, completely, like, up-their-own-ass, like, nerd out there who's tried to get every single trophy except the one for dying in Dark Souls 2 <laughs> <laughs> just to prove to themselves or prove to everybody else that they're, like, a badass or whatever. That person doesn't exist, but in my mind, like, he he exists and he's kind of a dickhead on the internet. So, <laughs> yeah, anyway. The weird things I think about with Dark Souls trophies. <laughs> the kind of person no one thinks has a rich inner life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this made up person that I can just be mad at because he doesn't exist. Yeah, but no. So I start, start that, and like first thing is like you know, it teaches me once again that no, you're you know, you think you're good, but no, death before a bad guy. Exactly. Like not even fire it. Game restarts. <laughs> you died in the tutorial. How did you even do that? We did not expect this to happen. <laughs> you're not supposed to be able to die during, while you're creating your character, but you achieved it. <laughs> game deletes itself. This is not for you. <laughs> I always hear... Is it, uh, is it Kojima that's credited for saying, like, he wants to make a game where if you die, like, it destroys the disc or whatever? Like, and you have to go buy another copy or something? Is that... Have you ever heard that? Sure. Yeah. No, oh my god. <laughs> I want to I credit that to Kojima, but, like, that's that's probably just, like, I heard that on a podcast somewhere and somebody said it was Kojima, Hideo Kojima, so, but I don't I don't know for sure, but that's just, has always sounded absolutely ridiculous to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Jeez. <clears throat> did you uh did you have a hard time with Dark Souls 2 or did you did you kind of run right into it like after, obviously after you died before you saw any enemies but after <laughs> after after you got past the you know the cliffs the deadliest enemy of the game <laughs> um it was for the most part pretty okay um I think where I 
problems that um well actually I didn't, yeah it didn't you die here you die there a few times you die here a lot of times um it did have <clears throat> the one place where i got stuck for days like maybe it was even weeks uh was the fume night <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's that's a difficult one i was just i mean i was at him for over a week <laughs> wow <laughs> just i mean i would just in, you know that point where i would you know i would you know the point where i you know, i had an hour in the morning before my wife went to work i didn't have to try to go to work like so in the mornings like before work i was a little a dark souls too and like take two or three stabs at it <laughs> and then fail go to work you know come back home try again that night you know just because it, it's they were usually pretty quick encounters <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know just you know, try try here try there like i've just been here so long um <laughs> i think the the only thing that saves that fight from being excruciating is that the bonfire is right there i think if yeah. you had to like make a trek like if it was the run-up to sir alone that to go to the fume night i would have been way more upset so yeah like but that bonfire being right there so you can just run and die and run and die and run and die makes yeah. it at least a little bit easier and i got so frustrated i just i i respect the character for that fight particularly like mm-hmm. just respect for that one fight like i remember i i dumped like faith down to like whatever i needed to have denial go and then nothing else i had like 70 vitality and like 60 like just everything and if i'm gonna use this stat all the way not using it here <laughs> just just like that just crank that hp up so you have like four thousand hp points right like so you like yeah. you're like a bloodborne boss at that at that point <laughs> I, I was using like the giant tree trunk club and i got no armor on because it was like you know you hit me i'm gonna die anyway um and we're like you know i Got to the point where I could like I could see his shoulder hit a certain way. I knew how many attacks he was going to do, and <laughs> but still, eventually, even like when I tried that, it didn't even work. Like that, you know, I respect that 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 respect failed. <laughs> are you <laughs> a uh, are you like a solo Dark Souls player, or did you ever consider like bringing in help, like in the form of summons or anything? Um, I didn't do that really until Dark Souls Three. Mm-hmm. Um, Mostly because I was afraid, like I would be so bad, people would be embarrassed and like not have fun playing with me. <laughs> sure. So like I'm not. It was kind of that was my level of anxiety. Like I'm not going to summon because I'm new and this is an old game and they know what they're doing and I don't and I don't want to, you know, be that guy who wrecks things. Um, it's funny. I've heard that um, from a couple of different people before of saying like I don't want to summon people because I feel like I'm so bad at it that. Like, I don't, I would be embarrassed to have other people watch me play this game. And man, like, and I'm not, this isn't a criticism or anything, but like when I was dropping my summon sign to help people, like those were the people that I wanted to help the most. Like the people that had no fucking clue what they were doing. Like, A, it was probably entertaining and like, I would probably laugh at you a little (laughs) bit, but also like being able to like swing in like, like the superhero, like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm. The, the big guy on campus or whatever swinging it in and killing fume night for you like that 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 was like a, a super positive feeling for me so it's weird that people are like are so kind of like leery of the online play just because of like oh i'm bad at dark souls it's just a I weird thing that occurs <laughs> i got up I, I did get over that eventually i remember but online stuff um in dark souls one the only time i really saw anyone was for orange scene and smoke and that was just because Someone put a summon sign immediately in front of the door, and so I was running towards it, and it's just like, "Hey, there's something here." I click on it, and I ran in there, and guy popped up and helped me, and I'm like, "Hey, that was actually awesome. <laughs> I appreciate it." <laughs> um, and then in two, I 
started doing some of the helping people do bosses, mm-hmm. uh, and eased into that, and it ended up being actually a lot of fun. Um, I didn't start doing that until near the end of Dark Souls 2, uh, but then when I the Dark Souls 3, I was just like, you know, from the word go, I'm dropping signs and jumping, you know, doing the whole thing, because it was like, it was, I liked it in Dark Souls 2, but didn't do it till the very end, so I was like, I'm gonna do it from the start here. <laughs> and, yeah, I was doing it just constantly in Dark Souls 3. Yeah, it's, 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 it's fun. Sooner. Did you do um, any like PvP, any combat stuff with other people? Yeah, I tried. I was terrible. Um, <laughs> I died so fast. Well, well, welcome to that club. Yeah, <laughs> I, I heard like apparently it's really ganky. It was like any other games weren't, and I was like, missed that boat. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so you were you were you were trying to invade? I did eventually because I wanted to just. I tried. I got all the covenant trophies and stuff. So like, when I was trying to, do, I did do all the invasions, and um, I'd invade, and they'd have these giant, you know, fuck off hammers, and I'd have my sword. Like, why don't I have that weapon? That weapon looks better because I always die to that weapon. I want the weapon that kills me all the time. <laughs> so I would try to copy the people who were killing me all the time. Um, eventually, it just got so bad. I tried to find ways to just kind of passively win invasions. Like I just invade people in hard areas I and mean, w- wait for the game to kill them. <laughs> and then, like, get sure. tongues that way. Like, I, I, I'd invade in, in Archdragon Peak and just hide in the corner and like, oh, you died. Hey, you know, victory. Here's your tongue. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just could not beat anyone. It's just like, I'm just going to hide in the corner and cast illusion and be a statue. and. <laughs> That's what it was like in Demon Souls. Um, the last time that I picked up Demon Souls, which was a couple of years ago, uh, I was trying to do the monk fight. And, um, I don't. This is not a spoiler for you, I'm sure. Like if you probably already know everything you need to know about yeah, Demon Souls. Yeah, I heard but, about uh, it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like invading in that area lets you be the boss of that area, and uh, but you will spawn in and be like in the boss room, like waiting for someone to ha- come up. But like on the way up there, there's two of those mind flayer de- demons, like black phantom versions of those mind flayers. So like there's a small chance that you're going to like connect with someone in demon souls in the first place. And then once you get like that 5%, like minimize that into like the, uh, a very small, like a 3% chance that the host is actually going to make it all the way up the stairs and pass the mind flare. So you're literally just standing there waiting for the, you die screen to show up. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how that works out. <clears throat> yeah. Which, yeah. What's your, what's your thoughts on dark souls three? Since uh dark souls three is kind of controversial. We, at the time of this recording, they they just announced the uh, the they DLC, did. the second DLC. Um, so, where, where are you at on Dark Souls three in the pantheon of Souls games? Um, I think it's fun. I like it a lot. Um, I I do think the story is difficult at places. <laughs> it is some things where if you you know reading in too deep, kind of makes things make less sense. That I mean that absolutely happens. Uh, but overall, it's it's I love playing it. It's so much fun. Um, also, because I had them all in a row, it's the first one where I got to the end and I was like, there's no new game to play. Let's do a new game plus. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the one that I, I've gone through a second time the whole way through. Um, you know, so I've, I think I've spent the most time in it. And I've, I've, it's the one where I did all the PvP stuff. Um, so yeah, I'm you know, hopeful the story will make sense eventually, but... Um, what are the what's the common phrase? Krusty's coming. Like that's what. what I, yeah, yeah. DLC two um, is coming. It's going to explain everything. Like, I'm, yeah. yeah, I mean they're you're going beyond the inception scape of the end apparently, and um, uh, fingers crossed for that. But I think um, 
sometimes I have a thought that it's something that they're probably not doing because it would be kind of a really self-defeating thing for a game to do, but it'd be kind of they're making this commentary on just how doing something over and over again is just less fulfilling naturally. Like, you know, mm-hmm. cycles dwindle, things go down. Like, we're doing this, you know, everything in the game has, you know, been done before and it sucks. Like, and they're like, that's the point. That's what we're going for. We want you to think this isn't as good as the first time because that's how the world works. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, is that the point? Because that's not the most, you know, advantageous point to make in a game. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, you know, it's like people complaining and it's like, is, the, is yeah, but maybe that's what they're wanting to happen. Mm-hmm. But then, if they want that, is that that's still not a good thing? Is that's kind of a you know? <laughs> so sometimes I, I go in circles there. It's like, you know, did they mean for this to be this way, or is it just bad by accident in this way? Um, and if that really matters in the end, if it's on purpose or not. Um, <laughs> what, I mean, I, what did you think about going to? Because uh, forgive me if I'm remembering this wrong from like 15 minutes ago, but my memory is shot. Uh, you did one, two, and then Bloodborne, and then three, right? Yes. So, what, what what did you think about like the changes that Bloodborne made to like the basic mechanic system? Were you were you all aboard over there? Oh yeah, that was that was fun from the word go. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so you're all in on Bloodborne. <laughs> yeah, actually, I just started uh, replaying that just uh, this past couple of weeks because I got through with uh, Dark Souls, and then I got through like the games that stacked up. I was playing Dark Souls. I got through. I got like I got through Dishonored two and. Uh, Final Fantasy 15 I played through, which, you know, if you want story holes, I mean, Dark Souls 3 story holes are nothing compared to those story holes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All you have to do is watch the movie, read the anime, and uh, read the book before you start the game, and then everything will be explained in Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> and they're going to patch and redo an entire late game chapter, so it's... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I got, I finally got through those things, and I was, you know, I've been... Because also, I listen to your show, and like, I, I, you, you always say how you want to go up and play Bloodborne. I was like, so do I. I want to do that too. <laughs> so I finally got around to doing it. Because <laughs> I, I had never done a new game plus with it. Uh, mostly because I got stuck at Orphan for a while. <laughs> sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did eventually beat him. I had to grind for a while to get a ton of health. But did beat him. Uh, which was awesome. Um, and so I just started doing kind of the new game plus this past couple weeks. And uh, trying the chalices again. Which... Yeah, they didn't never. Yeah. They have their moments. <laughs> so, okay. are you? Would you? Would you say you're pro or? I are, well, are, are you into the chalices? Give me a yes or no on chalices. That's what I'm looking for. I couldn't find my words <laughs> there for a minute. I'm okay with them. I'll say yes. Um, because what I just did is I hadn't played the game in a couple months, and so I did my new game plus. But before I went into like you know my first time in the Hunter's Nightmare. Or Hunter's Dream, whatever. Uh, I just start, went back to the chalices again, so I didn't. So it was like I haven't played uh, a bl- a flip in a while. Let's do a chalice. So it was like all new again to me as well. So it wasn't just like it didn't seem as maybe repetitive because it was like I haven't played in a while. Blood was awesome. Here's the first Blood in a while. So it was like you know the first time you hit it was always great. Uh, so I got through a bunch of levels I had, hadn't beaten before just because you know I was all energized for it. Um, where am I now? I got to the bottom of the hinder tombs i got part of loran i just opened up the great is chalice which nice. is pretty <laughs> this is probably I, my favorite uh palette out of all of those like it's not remarkably yeah. different but it's like just kind of the weird light and like the floaty mm-hmm. little things in the air and then fighting like all the little alien critters are always it's always like way more fun than just about anything else unfortunately like all of the good gems that she would want to find are not in those chalices <laughs> like they're all in like the or whatever so 
There's yeah. no point in making them. <clears throat> but it's definitely just the edit, you know. I'm not sure if I'm going to do the defiled one, because challenge modes and aren't always something that <laughs> I do well with. It's like half my life. Uh, so I might have to build myself up to that if I do it. Um, but also because, you know, you get all those great weapons at the very end. It's like, you know, I just got this Rakuyo that I've never used. That's <laughs> a new game plus and actually try using it. Yeah, it's um I did I did a build specifically for the Rukuyo and it's and it's worth it, but man, like getting to it at a low level is just one of the more nightmarish things that I've ever had to do. So Yeah. I'm not, not I'm trying it out just in new game plus seeing if it works out, but then I have to get the whole I have to get something like to, to plus ten to be even viable with the new you know, how tough the enemies are second time through, so it's like I have to go farm some blood shards, alright. <laughs> yeah, Bloodborne uh, really likes that grind, man. It really does. We've um this episode hasn't gone out yet, uh, but yesterday we recorded a, a Dark Insight that was kind of all about game difficulty. And, um, like, you talking about, like, the Defile Chalice, but, like, in Dark Souls 3, like, do, do you think the games have gotten harder as somebody who's played the games relatively recently, all within, like, the last year and a half? Like, do you think they've progressively gotten harder? And, like, do you think that difficulty is is worthwhile? Um, are. Yeah, I, mean, I think if they've gotten harder, they've also gotten better at kind of making the secondary stuff that's challenging smoother. Like, you know, parts of things that were a challenge in Dark Souls 1 and Demon Souls are just like the whole, uh, the interface was clunky and kind of hard to do things. And so that also made things hard. So I think even if like the combat has gotten harder, uh, it's also easier to play overall. So it's kind <laughs> of, I guess, and, and it's a different answer where, um, mm-hmm. like the bosses are, definitely uh bigger and hit harder and their life meters refill more often um so it's definitely it's more challenging um i could literally go like a whole other dark souls game without seeing a, a boss refill their health bar and would be totally fine about it like i'm, I'm just just i know and everyone is literally rolling their eyes listen to me say this for like the millionth time but i just like oh man again <laughs> with the with the hand with <laughs> with the uh with the health bar uh does it, did it, yeah, I, is it frustrating to you or do you just kind of let it like roll off your back um it gets frustrating if you have to do it a lot mm-hmm. like uh the nameless king was just like oh, fucking god damn it again yeah. um, the, or usually if that happens i just like i'm, I'm not kind of person who has to beat it on my own it's like if it's kicking my butt like i'll get help i'll get lots of help you know we'll beat you as like an, a small army if I have to, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit and spend weeks again at a boss. Like, after a few minutes, like, I'm not doing that again. Um, you know, so, like, with, uh, what was her name? Sister Frida and Ariamis, it was like, yeah, you have three health bars, but, you know, I'm going to die at you three or four times, and it's like, I'm getting help, you know, and, <laughs> and we have more health bars combined than you do, so. <laughs> <laughs> True that. Deal with that. <laughs> um, I kind of want to get your opinion on Bloodborne's story next. Uh, I feel like Bloodborne has like a kind of the most self-contained story out of any of the games. Like, did you, did that kind of, did you respond to like the lore of Bloodborne as much as you did to, to the lore of Dark Souls? Totally. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, some of the characters, they're just so creepy, but in a way that you want to keep talking to them anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, it would, there's just uh, there's something just about the way that maybe it's even the phrasing sometimes that this idea like one of my favorite descriptions was uh, what is it like the choir 
found Ebridus and they looked up together into the sky looking for answers. It's something like that. Wasn't something. It's kind of this, it's very suggestive and kind of in ways that really, really appeal to me. This idea of like they're looking for answers to like these sublime questions in these really creepy ways and um, you know, are the monsters intelligent or not? You know, is the Brutus just this dumb thing or is it super intelligent? Is it helping? Is it a prisoner? Is it, you know, there's always like, you know, are these descriptions facetious? Like, is it, you know, a willing cooperator? Is it, you know, just being tortured? Um, there's so much little fun things in there that really hit that kind of stylistic sweet spot for me. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So it, just, it really did work for you. Were you a big Lovecraft fan going into it? Um, Conceptually, I mean, I haven't really read much Lovecraft himself. Mm-hmm. I was aware of it. Actually, uh, was, <laughs> I encountered Cthulhu through some funny, uh, odd webcomic way back in the day. Uh, was it Hello Cthulhu? It was like Cthulhu in the, Hel- in the Hello um, Kitty universe. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just encountered that randomly one day. I was like, what's this weird thing? What's it doing? And it kind of. I knew, uh, right. I knew Cthulhu as an internet thing way before I like, had put the put the dots together that it was a lovecraft thing like i i was always peripherally aware of lovecraft but and i also knew that there was a cthulhu monster and i kind of thought that they were related but like it was it was years later until i finally figured that out yeah like i did like you know you do the you know here concept you look it up online you do the deep dive on it you know Mm -hmm. some of those lovecraft wikipedia pages are just uh confusing (laughs) because the source material is confusing um so i was but kind of the the, this, the the idea of kind of that uh like there's something just out of sight that is both like awesome like a little awesome like enthusiastic with awe but also terrifying mm-hmm. uh, is one of my favorite things. Um, like when when I was going through school and through grad school, I was uh, had a, a focus on. Romanticism and their big thing is the sublime and this idea that you know, uh, you know, that the order of the universe is just kind of just out of sight. And when you see it, you know, it's fills you with wonder, but it's also terrifying on a you know primal soul level because it makes you it's so much beyond what you can understand. Um, that kind of idea is something that I've always thought is really, uh, really liked. It's always been really something that I'm drawn to. And so, like, so that, that was like. When I was watching, when I was first looking at uh, Bloodborne stuff, I was like, "Oh, it's you know, cool swords and Victorian stuff and guns and you know, that's cool werewolves." And then they got to like the, "Oh, there are these weird cosmic monsters," and I was like, "Oh, well, hold on a second. That was the thing. That was like, <laughs> now, now I have to play this. This is you know, it, that that turn was like, this is something that I absolutely have to do now." <laughs> um, and it's so well done, and it's so like poignant and tragic, and um, I mean the when you. I guess like one of my favorite visuals ever is just when you're in that astral clock, like you beat Maria and the clock tower is spinning like that giant door window clock thing is turning and like you walk through it and all of a sudden you're in this little quiet fishing hamlet. And that kind of transition is like, you know, you've gotten like this core memory, like something deep, deep into the subconscious that you're kind of walking a place where you should not be walking because this is where trauma lives. Um, And then you meet that first guy walking past, and he's mumbling to himself. And I love that little curse, you know, curse them and their children's children, you know. I, that, just that, that whole cadence there is just so cool and terrifying. <laughs> I don't know um, 
I, I don't talk about it a lot on this show, and uh, and it's my fault. Like it's my show, I can talk about whatever I want to. But like the the nursery rhymes and the like the weird like repetitive, like you said, like the cadence of those weird stuff that the that they do in that DLC is just really it's intriguing and like fascinating and like I, I, I want to know more of it. Like it's really, it's a, such a, it's not strange. Like it's just a really good design choice. Like with putting that there, like, I, I don't know, like there's something to it that just makes me want to know more and more and more regardless of whether or not that exists at all. <laughs> yeah. It's just a weird thing. Like, you know, uh, you know, storytelling and the way that, that kind of needs, uh, you know, so much of that game is about these deeper truths. And sometimes the way you access deeper truth is like you package it in something that's, you just follow, like, you know, like a kid's story, your children, like, that's how you learn things, it's like, you know, the world works this way, and we teach the kids by putting that lesson into a story, yeah. and sometimes you have to kind of put it in phrasing that, you know, makes this r- really complex idea, you know, have some, have some handholds into it, and I think, you know, probably some similar things here, like, you know, the elder it's truth, like, you know, you have to factor that somehow, you know, <laughs> Sure. <laughs> may, may as well be a nursery rhyme, you know. It Might as well a, be, it, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's a way in. You know, it's not going to be perfect. It's not going to be the whole truth, but it's you know, it's it's a place to start. And you know, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's so much storytelling stuff in here that's just, uh, and like the way that the uh, you know that nursery rhyme bounces off of other things. Like, um, I, I end up with these weird and totally unsportable head cannons just for little things like, oh, what if this thing and that thing got together and if they relate to each other and like, there's no textual support at all, but it's just kind of fun to think about. Sure, um, yeah. <laughs> it was what, one of my favorite little pet theories was, uh, I always found Gwendolyn endlessly fascinating because just the being born a male, but raised as female and just how, awful that's not like to be forced to do that it's just so abusive so i've had so, such sympathy for never even tripped to him or like what, what pronoun to use um but such sympathy for gwendolyn um this idea also people keep, keep wondering about velka like they're both vengeance gods kind of like and kind of the whole idea of invading we're like you know if we have these parallel worlds that'd be a little bit different right like i've invaded the world to kill aldrich and they come back my aldrich is still there you know so these different worlds are different worlds okay. um and it's like so what if you know in a different world belka was like gwendolyn born as a girl and like not having to go through all this crap you know born <laughs> quote unquote the way gwen wanted mm-hmm. um you know maybe that which again there's nothing in the sport it was kind of oh, that would be that's a that, that would be a cool story um or what if what is it like what if bloodborne is a sequel to demon souls because you know there's that weird reference to Oh, the other way around there's the late the, the virgin mary reference in demon souls which is weird and yeah. out of place very very but weird there's, very odd, there's yeah. this virginal you know we have this doll who is kind of this saint like motherly virginal figure to this new elder god that you become at the end of bloodborne you know what if the hunter becomes the ancient one <laughs> and that virgin mary is doll <laughs> sure why not <laughs> why not you know <laughs> Of course, you know, there's, you know it's, there's nothing in it to prove it, but it's kind of, I think that's, that'd be a fun idea. That's good stuff, though. Of the stuff that's, like, actually, like, supported in the text, do you have, like, a favorite um, either character or storyline? Um, or boss or, or what have you, because sure. it doesn't yeah, necessarily well, have maybe, to be a character. Yeah, sure, maybe a pair. I think one of my favorite 
one of my favorite moments, I think, would be uh, the twin princess fight. Okay. Uh, just the way that the the dialogue and the the kind of affection that uh, they have for each other, um, and like when you kill what's Scott, what's Lothic, what's the other prince's name? Um, Dorian. Yeah, Dorian. Um, is, is that right? That, the, that sounded right in my head, and then now it sounds. Here. When you say it out loud, it doesn't sound right. Yeah, <laughs> it's something like that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the two of them, like when you strike the one down and a telepathy, and it's, he's on his knees and he's so suffering, and like it's you know we he's comforting his brother and like rise if you would like it's a request and there's like there's a, the voice acting there is phenomenal and it's like every time i see that like it, it gets me a little bit it's like i don't want to kill you guys i like you guys <laughs> like i i sun that fight so many times just so i could keep redoing that um and even one of the funny things there and it's funny like when when lasso gets on the other guy's back and his arms around it i mean to me it looks just like the way that uh what's his name um Lotric. Like the 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 embrace knight, his armor with the arms around it, like it's the same arms. Um, like this idea of being embraced by a figure, but with you know here it's affection and caring for each other and supporting each other, and like they're you know the two as one being greater than some of the parts. Uh, it's it's kind of a really uh, positive kind of embrace, where like we've, we've seen that gesture before with uh, you know, Patrick, that's definitely kind of a abusive relationship like you, you take the ring off and you lose your stats and like their, their armor hurts you sometimes or something like kind of you see these mirror gestures but in can done out of different motivations or different affections for each other um like you see those little mirrored things around it i think are really kind of beautiful moments like they don't always add up to a whole story uh but just you know taking on its own like here's a moment that's pretty awesome um or like another moment is uh, Luca Teal, uh, the end of her story, is one that I really was affected by. Um, like when you find her, like see what if she's in the front yard of Aldia's keep, and Ember, if you if you do everything kind of you know the the good way, like you're helping her out. Uh, her last line is like saying like my name is Luca Teal. Like she's she's defiantly and desperately restating her name for herself like i am this person i am a person i you know am still myself mm-hmm. i haven't lost myself yet um and it's desperate and it's also getting the sense that you know this is a fight like, she's not going to win uh but still is desperately defiantly engaged in uh was kind of that you know those standing in defiance of the impossible is, is always a really moving image for me you know yeah. which is so much mm-hmm. of what these games have is like you know uh you know, nameless people, people who were just made up of like garbage, you know, but they're still saying, you know, here's this giant god and this huge story and it's all about stuff that is not me, uh, but I'm still going to make you notice me. Like, I am here, I have a name, uh, I exist. Um, like, those kind of moments that the story have um, are really effective. Go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, like, Lukatil does that and Vendrick does that. Um, I think that's one of my favorite also moments. It's like when you finally get to Vendrick's tomb and it's just you just see him skulking about. Um, yeah, and that's, that's really, really fun. There. And that room is cool. Like you see these statues going back into like as far as you can see in the distance of like, I don't know what they are. Um, like, but there's like the sense of history here and like he's the last one. Um, but that sense of like just futility and um, 
and loss. Uh, yeah, like something that is, you know, um, this is the big quote that everyone pulls from Miyazaki of, uh, you know, wanting something to be sad and tragic, not necessarily gross. And um, yeah. there's a lot of, there's like, Vendrick is like that, Lucatil is like that. I hadn't really thought about it, but the uh, the princess fight is exactly like that, where you you know they're they're you know it's a tragic thing. It's not just like ooh this monster is gross and and, and slimy. Like it's it's actually got some emotion behind it. So, that's good stuff. Where do you want to see like as a as a guy that's gotten into these games in the last like year and a half? Like what would you like to see from software do next? Um, like they've, um, kind of, they've kind of announced some stuff, but there's nothing like you know done yet. I have no idea. Actually. <laughs> It would be really hilarious. I know I had this idea struck me one day of a Dark Souls karting game. <laughs> a Dark Souls what game? Kart, like Mario Kart, but with Dark Souls. Oh, okay, kart. Yeah, <laughs> all right. <laughs> like I, I, you know, I want to see like you know, Smo on a little kart, like you know, just driving around and shooting. Sure. Like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would. I mean, I think there would. I think because the, these games are funny too. I mean, there's a lot of just like humor underneath it and i think that if there's a way to maybe let them play up their their sense of humor in a way because i think they, they ha- i think they could do it i think that would also be something that'd be really cool <laughs> maybe not something that is so uh heavy yeah you know, i like heavy but you know <laughs> it would be fun to see these guys just goof around too Interesting. I, I could get behind that. I'm 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 totally okay with the Dark Souls card game, as long as it's not like an endless runner like Smashy Souls or Slashy Souls or whatever that was. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, not good. <laughs> what do you? Uh, well, th- thank you, number one, very much for coming onto the show and sharing all this with us. I, I really, really appreciate it. Um, can you tell everybody where they can find you on the internet? Um. Sure. Uh. Don't have a huge. I do have a Twitter. It's uh, N C H U H A. I got it before numbers even had to happen. I haven't done much with it yet. Usually, it's mostly just a place where I keep interesting quotes and books I'm reading because I don't want to write it down physically. Uh, but I've been trying to do more with it. I just forget. Um, uh, I yeah. I mean, I'm on PlayStation Three, so if anyone ever wants to, I don't know, invade me and watch me. F- Join the around some chalice dungeons. <laughs> yeah, sure, you know I'm, you know I, I'm past the point of being anxious now. You know I'm all into jolly cooperation. There you go. <laughs> well, I'll, uh, I'll definitely drop a link to your to your Twitter in there. And if you think of anything else between now and when the episode comes out, just just let me know and I'll uh, I'll add it to the show notes. <clears throat> sure. I thank you again. That. Thank you again for guesting on the show. I appreciate it. No, thank you so much for having me, and thank you so much for doing this whole program i think it's wonderful i think it's you know so you know i don't have i don't have many friends who play these games so it's you know i don't have much chance to really talk you know about it you know outside my own head (laughs) Um, so it's really it's a thrill to be able to talk to someone who uh you know is engaged with it knows i'm talking about in a way it's it's just it's it's been a lot of fun i really appreciate it well, you gotta go. Uh, you gotta go jump on Twitter because it seems like every time someone gets on the show um, and they're not already on Twitter, like they jump on Twitter and everyone has a great time for like a month and a half, two months talking about Dark Souls. So, because <laughs> that seems like all we do on Twitter is talk about Dark Souls or complain that the world is going to be end like in the next year. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> As always, I, I've, I have I've, feelings about that, and they're strong, but not for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, believe me. 
Um, as always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. Um, you can find this podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com, which will have links for um, emails and Twitters and Facebooks and Instagrams. Um, speaking of Instagram, you can go to our Instagram account and get previews of the episode. So if you have a super short attention span like me and you'd like your podcast in easily consumable 30 to 60 second chunks, that is the place to go. Thanks everybody for listening and supporting the show. It's been really, really fun doing this and I'm looking forward to doing more. Remember, don't give up skeleton. And we're good. <laughs> awesome.